Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Building about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going uh, on, Larry? You know, every, we got a lot of stuff going on, but you know, the weather's, oh, I haven't dropped the weather in a long time, Daryl. I just feel compelled to. I don't know why, but it rarely gets hot where I'm at, but I'm smack in the middle of a heat wave right now and I'm dying. But nevertheless, that's my issue. It's not the Selling from the Suffering Heart. Suffering in Southern California. Issue. There you have oh. it. Hey, welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. If you're new to the podcast, <laughs> you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. It's September. And you know what that means, Larry? September yep. is the Trust Challenge Month. We've got the 2022 Trust Building Challenge coming your way September 12th through 16th. I can't wait. This is uh, the roster of people coming to this event that are going to be coaching us is so outstanding. It, it is just be prepared without trust. We know not much happens. Relationships break down and deals stall without trust. Y'all are in for a great week. And that's just in a couple weeks from now. That's right. So you uh, to get signed up. All you need to do is go to trustbuildingchallenge.com. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening in, trustbuildingchallenge.com. And when you sign up, you're going to get access to the Mastering the Trust Formula mini course. You're going to get recordings every single day. It's going to be at noon uh, Eastern. That's nine on the West Coast. You get the recordings, but the most fun is when you come live and get to interact with our incredible roster of coaches. It's going to be a fun week. We've got an exciting announcement during the challenge. Let's, let's put it, you don't want to miss it. So come live, worst case, get the recordings, trustbuildingchallenge.com coming up here really soon, right around the corner. And it's going to be pure dynamite. Speaking of pure dynamite, we got a <laughs> stick of dynamite in the studio today. Look who's here, Larry. It's oh, our friend Nigel Green. Nigel. What's going on, Nigel? How you doing, fellas? Oh, hey, Nigel, I'm so glad Nigel's smiling. I love I when Nigel Green <laughs> smiles. This is going to be so exciting. Of course, if you're a friend of the Selling from the Heart podcast, you know who Nigel Green is. Uh, we've got a great discussion queued up for today. But Nigel, as we get started, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers. And that is, what does it mean to you, Nigel, to sell from the heart? Well, you know, Larry, you posted something recently about the, the golden rule. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it, 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 you know, what selling from the heart for me, maybe the answer might change, but day to day, but today I just want to remind anyone that's, that's selling today before you hit send on that email, before you hit send on that LinkedIn message, before you think about what you're going to say in that voicemail, ask yourself, like, would I respond to this message? And, and I think like, if you don't have any element of who you are and the heart and the heart of your customer in it. If it's just right down to the transaction, don't do it. 
like that. There's no heart in it. Uh, people are tired of those types of messages. And, and I, maybe it's fresh to me because I opened my LinkedIn inbox today and there were like 12 of them that I thought <laughs> every one of these guys needs to be in selling from the heart because there's there's nothing <laughs> authentic. There's nothing real about this message. And I'm not going to even acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, thanks for the plug, Nigel. Always appreciated. We'll send you the checks afterwards. But uh, you know, I want I want to touch on that really quick because I re I just want to expand on that. And we're going to dive into a really great podcast with Nigel uh, today. Is I wrote an article just recently, and it plays on what you said, Nigel. I said if you want to authentically connect to somebody, it starts with having honest conversations. Mm-hmm. And think about that for a moment. And that honest conversation could be like the conversation we're having now. It could be an email conversation. It could be a LinkedIn message. So, hey, if you want to authentically connect, and I totally agree with you, Nigel, before you press send, am I having an honest conversation? Am I positioning myself with honest words? Am I carrying that as my portraying integrity through my words? And if you can, watch what happens next. And if it doesn't, then I'd ask you, don't send it and rethink what you're going to send. You know, it's a problem in the selling community when there are tech companies that are writing AI programming to make a one to one like sales process for a buyer. Basically, what they're what they're saying is we will use technology to humanize this whole profession that has lost its sense and its sensibility. It's really crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. The beautiful thing is when you rehumanize this and you bring yourself, your authentic self to the table the amount of advantage you gain in the marketplace is, is huge. It's huge. Nigel, everyone that listens to the podcast knows you for the revenue harvest, which is hands down, in my opinion, the best sales leadership book out there. I think it's so simple and practical, but the work you've been doing recently is incredible. And why don't, why don't you fill us in on, on what's been what you're seeing out there in the sales leadership world and the challenge that you've been tackling here as of late. Well, so th thank you for that. Um, sales leadership is, I've devoted my career to improving sales leadership. And uh, if you are a sales leader, you're only as good as your worst performing sales rep. And that sounds like a, a pretty terse uh, and to the point assessment, but it's true. It's, it's not your job to hit a number. It's your job to hit a number consistently on a balanced team, a team that doesn't need you. And what I'm seeing a lot of in the marketplace is uh, we're laying off salespeople that we shouldn't have hired. We shouldn't have, it's not that we shouldn't have hired a sales team, but we made bad hires. We hired for the wrong thing and we're having to let them go. Every day on LinkedIn, it's goodbye to these 12 people. Or mm -hmm. conversely, you're seeing sales reps take a job and then volunteer themselves to leave because it wasn't what was explained to them or promised to them. But those two factors have led to a reality of the average tenure of a sales rep is less than 11 months. Wow. Okay. Smokes. Wow. You, you're not going to be a sales leader for long if you're replacing sales reps in less than a year. And what I've learned, I've interviewed over 5,000 sellers in my career and hired over 500 salespeople in varying roles from VPs, chief revenue officer to frontline sales development and market response reps. Most sales managers, and if you're a sales manager, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. You're not good at hiring. You're not good at hiring because I've distilled it down to three mistakes that sales managers consistently and perpetually make during the hiring process that make their relationship with hiring less successful than it should be. And I'm, I'm hoping we can spend some time today talking about those three easily fixable mistakes. Absolutely. So, so lay them on us. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it, they, it starts with, okay, I know I need to hire a salesperson. I immediately go and recruit. Mm-hmm. First mistake. We have to slow down before we talk to a single salesperson. You, you have a job description. I get it. You, you could go post it online and you could, you could start creating candidates. First and foremost, have a responsibility to say, that when was the job last reviewed? When was the last time I talked to a salesperson that is successful in the role and mm-hmm. had them look at the job description to say, what are the roles and responsibilities? What are the, the day-to-day tasks that need to be in this job description that have changed since the last time we looked at it? Because like, it's probably very different month to month in a three-month quarterly period. What There's so much change going on in the selling world when you wrote that job description a year ago, you're not doing it that way now. Mm-hmm. So you, you, ha- you owe it to yourself to say, okay, wh- what needs to happen? Then what are the qualifications? How m- what types of experience do you need to have before being in this role? And it may not have even been in sales. It could have been in copywriting. It could have been in all these other types of roles that now are really successful in selling. So you have to do the job analysis and revisit the qualifications before you even talk to a candidate. And most most sales managers just go right into recruiting and mm-hmm. they didn't go back and revisit the job description and it costs you dearly. So, so here's what's interesting. And, and as I'm listening to what you're saying, this is what I have flashes of, and I don't know why, but I'm just going to throw it out there. It just says salespeople struggle and we'll just get this out there. Cause you've put it out there, you know, pretty bluntly right now is this salespeople struggle to prospect. Conversely, would you agree that sales managers struggle to prospect and continually have conversations with talent because it goes back to your book and revenue harvest. It's all about taking that farming philosophy and bringing it to sales leadership and sales management. I think one of the biggest issues, and I know you'll touch on it is sales managers just aren't continually out there looking for talent to have conversations with. They're not, not only are they not doing the work of prospecting, but in the same way that salespeople struggle at prospecting, one, one of the reasons they struggle is because they don't know what the ideal prospect looks like. And mm-hmm. I think sales managers don't know what the ideal rep looks like. So they have some, Bingo. some aver- yeah. aversion to doing the prospecting because we're not even sure what I'm looking for. But so like, for instance, like now, if you're going to be good at selling, you need to be really good at writing copy. Yeah, and, and not a lot of sales leaders look for good copywriters in selling. So that that's that's the first. And then the second mistake, I, I want to get into. I want to make sure we, we cover all three of these. So I'm going to move a little quickly on you guys. Mm-hmm. The second one is there's an absence of an interview process. And I hear that they mm-hmm. say, "Nigel, we got a process. HR has a process." <laughs> and I and I tell the manager, my grandfather used to tell me, "If you ever sit down at the poker table and you can't find the sucker, it's you." What does this have to do with interviewing salespeople? Well, if you're letting HR be the first person that talks to a sales candidate, you have put a sucker at the poker table. Why? Yep. Because HR are generalists at interview. They're great at showing you legally and politically how to manage a process. Mm-hmm. HR person just interviewed an engineer, just interviewed someone for accounting. And then you're going to put them in front of someone that spends their entire career interviewing, whether it's for a job or with a customer, they will eat them alive. How many times, if you're a sales manager, have you had someone from HR bring you a resume and say, you got to talk to this person. You're going to love them. They're so sweet. They're funny. They're articulate. That should be a red flag that you have got a professional interviewer. And so what you have to have in the process 
is you have to have an interview process that not only is rigorous, but matches the way you want to sell. If your interview mm -hmm. process doesn't match the way the customer buys so that by interviewing, you get to see how they might sell, you are making a big mistake. So let me give you an example. If, mm -hmm. if, you, if your sales process requires your salesperson to do a business case, like present to your prospect an ROI, and you don't have that in the interview process, well, how do you know if they're going to be good at it? Cool. Yep. Good question. If your, sales, if your sales process requires someone to write really witty clever to the point copy to get a meeting and you don't do that in the interview process. Well, how do you know they're going to be successful in the role? And so you have to map the interview process to the buying process so you can get some film on the candidate and see, can they actually do the job? And most managers, they don't have that. So this is, this is great stuff. So then walk us through, how do you fix that? If you know, there's a big disconnect, where, where does somebody start to go, okay, hey, I'm buying into what y'all are cooking right now. Okay. Where do well, I go? You go go look at your buying process and say, okay, mm -hmm. you've got stages in your CRM. You know, they've got, how do I get someone interested? Well, it's typically through outbound. All right, well, then there has to be a stage in my interview process where the candidate shows me their ability to get someone that's unaware to interested, whether that's through copy, LinkedIn posts. What, you, you have to demonstrate that. And yeah. if your sales process requires a, a Zoom demo or a Zoom discovery, well, you damn well ought to have that in the interview process where, they, where yeah. they're having to do some discovery with you, show you that they researched the company, put together, hey, if I were on your team, this might be how I sell what you sell. And this might be who I go sell it to. Is that fair? Can they ask good questions? Are they inquisitive? That's, what a dem that's the art of a good demo. If you don't build that into your process, how do you know they can do it? Powerful. It's so, so, so simple. Yeah. And map, map those interview yeah. stages to how your customer wants to buy. Ugh. I love it. I love it. So we got the first two. Now I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, Nigel. What <laughs> is the third mistake? Because these first two are big. Like you nail these and you're way down the road. But I have a feeling the third one's a zinger. The third one is you don't know what your own biases are. Mm. And don't tell me you don't have them. Okay. You might have a bias to hire people that used to work for you. I'll tell you what mine is. I love ex-athletes. Why? I was one. So I conflate that because I was an ex-athlete mm -hmm. and that I was good at sales, that all of a sudden every ex-athlete is going to be good at sales. Right. I've hired enough ex-football players that can't tie their shoes to know <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> so you, you just because <laughs> there, is an, there is an exception or an anecdote that could potentially be right doesn't mean it's the case. So – what you have to do to fight against your own biases is bring in other stakeholders into the process and stop skipping steps. So if you go back to the second one is that you don't have a process. Once you define that process, this is when the third mistake comes in, the bias of like, well, this person was an ex-football player and I know ex-football players are successful. So we can just skip this step because I need someone now. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's where, mm -hmm. and the bias will get you for a candidate that you have a high degree of confidence is going to be successful. So you know them, they look like a successful rep. There's something about them that you get excited about. Then we get biased about them and we start skipping steps and we mm. make a bad decision. And Ugh. that happens over and over and over again. And that bad decision, that bad hire, uh, it, it well, here, here's the, here's it's the hard to unwind, that, you know, right? The bad hey, hire hey, Nigel, I, I love 
Go ahead. I was going to say, let, let's talk about the data on the bad hire. Mm-hmm. Minimum $115,000 in expense yeah. on every bad hire. Minimum. Wow. When you start getting into SaaS, healthcare, where, where I spend a lot of time, $300,000 for every bad hire. And there are people say, well, how do you do the math on that? Well, you probably hired a recruiter and paid 20% of the first year salary just to get the candidate there. Then you yeah. have to think about the time that you spent interviewing not only that candidate, but every other candidate that you didn't hire. So what's your hourly rate? Everybody else that interviewed them. And then the lost revenue that you didn't get because this person wasn't successful easily yeah. at $300,000. Easily. That's where I was. That's where I was going. I mean, you just you just nailed it because I was I, I would love to hear the da- the data behind it, but you just you just went down that road. That's powerful now, stuff. Now do that a couple times in a year, and you don't have a job. Absolutely. And this is you know one of the things that Larry touched on earlier, and I think this is so critical. We know that if we're going to be successful in sales, we need a full pipeline of opportunities. Uh, the moment that your pipeline gets thin, you start leaning on stuff and, you know, and, and you're in trouble. If you don't have a full pipeline of candidates, I, my experience has been then you just start going out and trying to hire a body. And you, the moment you start putting bodies in positions, um, you're in big trouble on this. I think it, in my first job, Nigel, we had a quota when I was a sales manager in that company. We had a quota of interviews to do every week. And I can only imagine... Uh, if I had the three things that you're talking about lined up where I knew what exactly what I was hiring for, where I had a process to do it, and I was aware of my biases, I can only imagine that I would have avoided so many bad hires. And I made a lot of them. And when you're a sales leader, you got to live with that bad hire. And this is, I think, why sales leader uh, burnout is so high is we don't have a good hiring process. And then all the stuff that follows on from that, from lack of results to the headaches and nightmares, all of that creates. Uh, that's why I'm so excited you put together uh, the work you've been doing to solve this problem around hiring um, is so exciting. And I, I love I love that you've t- you've dedicated your life to this. You're tackling this problem and uh, and you're able now to help people overcome uh, these challenges is so valuable to the sales leadership profession. Well, uh, well, well thank you for that. So I, I, I put a course together. It's two hours of content. Uh, there's nine additional resources that come with it, including me actually doing some of the interviews that I want you to start incorporating into your process. You get live video of me interviewing real candidates. Uh, there's templates for writing job descriptions, templates for scorecarding, templates for candidate evaluation, templates for how to do the 90 day review. I mean, it's just loaded. Like there's even a, a document in there that's got 70 of my favorite interview questions and how I use them in the interview process. And the reason I'm doing this is I think that it's the easiest way to be to go from being a good sales manager to an indispensable sales leader. It's the mm-hmm. easiest way. No, this this is so good. And um, coach us along. So, I mean, we have a lot of sales leaders and obviously sales managers, Nigel, that listen to the podcast. If there's sales leaders and sales managers out there, they're going, "Hey, I'm buying into this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot down on this, and I'm gonna control what I can control, and I'm gonna take some of what I learned from this podcast." And put it into play. What are a couple good two or three steps that you can that a sales leader or sales manager could immediately go? Okay, I listen to the podcast. So I'm going to do these two or three things. What would they be? 
go partner with, with your HR team immediately and, and fix this whole who's a sucker thing. Like figure out <laughs> when, where, where do you need to be on the front end of the interview process? Mm. That, that's the first thing. It's like you, gotta, you have to partner with HR, but you need to be more involved earlier in the process. It doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of time with candidates, but you need to, like I said earlier, we, we, we've got to have the ideal sales candidate develop. You've got to partner with HR and tell them, Hey, look, I, I need you to ask these questions. I need you to be, to expect that they're all going to be nice to you. Here's what you have to do to disrupt that pattern. That, that's the first thing. Then the second thing you can do, and, and this is what Daryl talked about is look at any good college sport coach, John Calipari, Nick Saban, they're always recruiting. They never stop. Yeah. And so you, you gotta you have to build into your daily, weekly cadence. The number one responsibility for me is to find that next best rep. And, and if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I got a full team, I'm not hiring anybody right now. <laughs> the, the, here, here's when salespeople leave, when you least expect them to. Right. Yeah, they always leave at some highly <laughs> inconvenient time. Even the ones that you know are good, they're making good money, they leave too. They all leave. Yep. And so you have a responsibility to always be recruiting and looking for your next best rep. So I think those are the two easiest things, Larry, that you can walk away today and do. Partner with HR and always be recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm curious as we wrap up, what do you see as the biggest challenges for sales leaders going into the new year beyond uh, beyond hiring? Well, beyond hiring, it's that uh, for your management team is going to be getting together sometime in September and October and setting business objectives for 2023. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in that room right now, and if you're not participating in that conversation, you run the risk of getting uh, a number you can't hit, a change to your comp plan that's too late to control, or a budget of expense dollars that you can deploy to hit that unattainable number that's untenable. And it's because right. you didn't get in the room now. Ah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's getting it. Hey, it's all advice. getting a seat at the table. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. Really, really solid. Really. So now's solid. the time to, to sit down with your CFO, your COO and say, Hey, I need to start thinking about 23 with you. Be the, yeah. Be on the front edge of that. Be the leader for planning for next year. Strong, yeah. strong advice. Well, I love it, Nigel. Hey, how can folks get their hands on this resource? This is, uh, this is phenomenal what you put together. I think you guys are going to put a link in the show notes uh, where, where they can go and download it. And if you want to find me, you, you can just find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty easy. I'm pretty loud. Uh, it won't be hard to, <laughs> won't be hard to, you'll, to not. You'll, you'll get loud. Nigel being loud. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll find me. But I think we're going to link the course down in the show we notes will. so they can go and, and, and grab it. Yeah, for sure. What a tremendous resource. Nigel, you're, you're such a great friend to Selling from the Heart. This has been extremely practical, very timely. And uh, man, I just, I love what you're up to. I love your heart behind it. And just thank you for being who you are and, and investing in our listeners and investing in the profession. Just awesome. Well, and thank you guys for giving me a platform to, to come and talk about. If it weren't for you guys, it'd just be me on a farm in Kentucky talking into dead air. So thank you for giving me a place <laughs> no, to come no, and, we, and hey, talk. We don't, hey, 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 dude, we don't want that happening. But hey, before we part, Daryl, I just got to ask Nigel, you got to drop another 60 seconds of wisdom on us because you've dropped a lot. But just, you know, leave us with some parting Nigel Green words in 60 seconds, some some sage wisdom, some sage pearl. wisdom from Nigel. Yeah, Green, there you go. Folks. From the farm in Kentucky. Just <laughs> lay it on us. Here, here's so I, I do 
one of the things I love about my position in this in this world is that I, I always will be doing the work. So I'm still a practitioner. And so I spent a lot of time in healthcare. Healthcare is is known to be a complex selling environment. So if you think that you have a complex offering, one of the best things you can do right now to get traction with that offering, and I'm doing this in my business and it works, is stop sending your salespeople into conversations where they're not an expert on the problem and the way the solution works. So yes. the, the way to optimize for that is you need to begin creating a, a team of your customers, your subject matter experts that are in the selling conversation with your salespeople. If you've got a complex solution that requires multiple inputs, multiple stakeholders, you need to start bringing in the buyer that has already bought and having them talk to the next prospect. Whether you, any of you have to pay them, give them a discount, like you have to be doing that. Your salespeople will not get deals done as quickly than having someone in the room on your behalf that says, I had that problem. Now I'm a customer of theirs and we solved it this way. We did this. Or are you guys are doing it that way? You ought to think about doing it. Your salespeople can't do that. They've never done the job of your customer. And, and mm -hmm. the reason this is so important is nobody wants to be sold. I, Gartner published some data that said 62% of all buyers would prefer a sales repless buying experience. So mm -hmm. get the sales rep out. Just have your sales rep introduce another subject matter expert to your prospect to help them solve a problem. And just let them sit there and silently on Zoom and see how fast you get deals done. Oh, dude, that is so, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you right now, that was freaking gold right there. There you Spot have it, folks. On Sage stuff. wisdom from Nigel Green. Nigel, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us today. We appreciate you, man. We love you. You're a true selling from the heart champion. Love awesome. you guys too. Thanks for having me. I right, love you, Nigel. <laughs> Nigel Wait, Green always going to be good when I you hang you. out with Nigel. Oh, especially when you get like FaceTime calls from Nigel and I'm on the West Coast and he all, he knows I get up at the ungodly hour. I look down and I get a FaceTime. I getting fa I'm getting FaceTime from Nigel like 430 in the morning West Coast. Nevertheless, Nigel dropped some pure gold. And, you know, the, the big thing, I think there's a lot of key takeaways. I mean, it, it goes back to prospecting, right? Yeah. We know the root of all evils an empty sales pipeline for salespeople. The root of all evil for sales managers is an empty pipeline for sales candidates. Y'all got to always be opening conversations every single day. I love what you said, Daryl, that, that a long time ago in your years past, yeah. you had a quota for how many conversations you started with sales candidates. I love that. Well, everything Nigel said too, I know that we've got sales, uh, sales professionals listening in going, what does this have to do with me? You could take everything that Nigel said <laughs> and apply it to your sales career. You got to yep. know who your ideal client and prospect is. You got to have a process and you got to be realistic and honest about your your deals that you're in and, you know, not have these biases that make you fantasize that that thing, your pipeline's actually going to close. Right. You need a realistic. So, so, so powerful. Larry, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. And the thing I'm most excited about that is right around the corner is the 2022 Trust Building Challenge. Listen, man, it is going to be so exciting just looking at the people that are going to be coaching us. Over that, it's, it's every single day on the week of September 12th through 16th. It's at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. And look, if you can't come live every day, no worries. Sign up. You'll get the recordings. You don't want to miss this. Talk about some gold nuggets. This is going to be an incredibly powerful way 
to supercharge yourself and get momentum as you head into Q4? No, absolutely. I'll leave everyone with this. We all know, unfortunately, and it concerns all of us here at Selling from the Heart. We know where trust and credibility sits in the sales world right now. It's really, really, really low. Yeah. Come hang out with us. Invest an hour a day. I think you all can find an hour in your day. Trust me. I know you can. Trust We've me. All been there. We've all been there, right? Set aside the excuses. Come hang out. Come hang out with us. It's an hour day, Monday through Friday, September 12th to the 16th. You'll get trust nuggets dropped on you every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to everybody who is listening, sharing, and leaving reviews on the podcast. Our audience continues to grow, which means our reach continues to grow. Thank you to all of you who have subscribed on YouTube. And if you're listening on audio and haven't done that yet, guess what? You can see me, Larry, and all our guests live in person, face-to-face. Uh, and it is so cool. So check out Selling from the Heart on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We've got an incredible roster of guests coming out up throughout the fall. I'm so excited about all the conversations we're going to be bringing you. Thank you so much for all that you do. We love you, Larry. The Selling from the Heart community is so exciting, and it's just so fun to be a part of this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. Every single day, this thing grows and grows and grows as people stand up and say, no more empty suits. That's right. Well, till next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, get strategic about your hiring, and most of all, sell from the heart.